0: I designed the symposium. It's coming up in November. It's all on Zoom, so you can uh, you can join from anywhere. It's only twenty five dollars, but it's five days. So we have four experts presenting, and then the Friday is a question and answer day.
1: Welcome to the Phase Four Podcast, inspired by Lakyani and Ajit Nawalkar, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast. We speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. My guest today is Jessica Erltonstein. She's a perimenopause tour guide who helps women navigate their symptoms so they can learn to become their own advocate. Jessica, welcome to the podcast.
0: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely grateful and definitely out of my lane. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to defer to you, but I think usually I start kind of with where people were before they ended up in this or like, how did you end up in this space?
0: Uh, well, I am in perimenopause myself, so I was kind of on the ground running with it, and I noticed really quickly that my friends didn't want to talk about what was going on, and I felt kind of like I was going crazy and alone, and uh, I just wanted to say this stuff that we're experiencing is very similar to what you were talking about earlier when we first talked anxiety, depression panic attacks, these things are what shows up probably before you end up having changes through your period. So it makes you feel crazy because, you know, menopause isn't on your radar at all, but your anxiety level has increased exponentially for no reason and this is one of the things that i experienced and looking around i was like there's got to be thousands of women going through this right now and their friends don't want to talk about it or they're not going through it so i started a support group and uh that just exploded i i really wasn't sure exactly what my intention was as far as how much i wanted to reach out to people that i didn't know i started with people that i know and uh, right away, we were touching people that are across Canada needing information that's Canadian based. And I have I think we're we're close to 6000 people right now. Wow. Yeah. And so from there, I just took my natural like my training and my skills. And I started coaching the women through perimenopause, because as I was going through it, there's so many similarities with other women, depending on. Where they're living it might be a little bit different but i'm trying to keep it really canadian based so we're offering information that our healthcare system is a little bit different right so we need to know that and be aware of it and we don't really have canadian um like people on instagram talking about what's happening for us it's mostly uk and american based so i feel like i'm filling in this gap that's there because I'm willing to talk about everything.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's important, right? Because Mm -hmm. just from what I understand, you could be going through these emotional changes and if especially if no one's talking about it, you don't know what's happening and you might think it's something totally different or that something's wrong with you. And it's probably one of the most natural things that happens to almost every woman. So I guess maybe what are some of the, you, you said maybe depression, anxiety could be some of them, but what are some of the other emotional aspects that people might see?
0: Well, usually the story is we start with a lot more anxiety and then we start to have trouble sleeping because we're waking up. We have higher stress hormone. The cortisol is going crazy. So we'll wake up in the middle of the night, but there's no reason for it. There's nothing going on. So it's very disorienting. So you do start to feel like maybe I'm a little bit nuts. And then you go talk to the doctor who says, well, we'll try you on an antidepressant, but maybe you're not feeling depressed. So you don't really see why that would work. And it makes you feel even crazier. And this is what happens where people end up joining the group because they kind of figure out for themselves that they might be in perimenopause. Um, And then as you go through the process of realizing that you might be in perimenopause, you have to come to the terms, you know, that you're going to see the end of your childbearing years. And for women, uh, unfortunately in our modern culture, there's nothing after that. You know, you, you're you a little girl and then you go through puberty and you become a woman and then maybe you become a mom and then you're nothing. Right? Like there's no, we don't have like a conversation about what happens after menopause. Menopause is this taboo topic that really isn't discussed and even worse than that, I find that there are women, are, they're afraid of losing their job, to be perfectly honest. They don't want to talk about it because they think they're going to be discovered and uh, replaced.
1: And so there's this stigma around it, almost like we used to see around mental health, but that's slowly fading away. So your work is to bring to the forefront that, yeah, this is just a natural thing that happens to a lot of people. And so you said about the emotional part, And you did say sleep. So some signs might be something like sleep, feeling tired for no reason. And I wonder a couple of things, like how much of this has to do with genetics? How much has to do with diet and all all sorts of things?
0: Yeah. And my family doctor said, you know, the genetic factor is there. um, But you can't go based on your mom's experience because. I like to say for example she was super healthy hippie lady and she never ate a candy bar in her life you know she might have a different experience going through menopause than you if you grew up on craft dinner and candy bars and kept eating that way right because you don't really have the same tools in your body your body is built based on what you're eating so if you don't have a healthy diet that would potentially impact your journey and unfortunately I have to say from my experiments with my own diet sugar makes a huge difference. And it will really affect your hormones are fluctuating, your stress hormone is also fluctuating, and then you add sugar, now your blood sugar is fluctuating. And it can, it can create a lot of trouble symptoms, especially I've noticed sleep is much worse if I've been having sugar in my diet, like added sugar, right? I still eat fruit and, you know, natural sources of sugar. I don't think that that's a problem. But I reduced my sugar in September and my symptoms were greatly relieved.
1: Yeah, I obviously I don't know for perimenopause, but for other things like inflammation, um, aches, joints, like it's it's added sugar that's in everyone's diet and it's just seems to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so there is a holistic approach to what you're doing.
0: And that's mo- that's mostly what I do when, when I'm working with women. I really address all of the things, right? So it might start with something like today, I did a session with someone who's uh, going towards a hysterectomy. So oftentimes, when we're working with our medical doctors, they will decide that that is the next course of action and remove the uterus and or the ovaries and the fallopian tubes. And that does alleviate symptoms if you're having trouble with abnormal bleeding, which is extremely common. And we have that taboo, we don't talk about that, right? And it's a squeamish subject. You did very well with not not, uh, getting all squeamish on me, Um, but it's the reality of the situation. So I'm helping her to prepare for the surgery, mentally, emotionally, physically. We're doing some exercises to get her in her body, to strengthen her abdominal cavity so that when they go in there and they remove the uterus, Hopefully her recovery will be a little bit easier physically and I'm giving her some really gentle yoga nidra practice to work on so that we can get her used to resting deeply so she can get into that rest when she's done her surgery and be used to already resting so it's not going to be so foreign because you need to rest and recuperate women have a tendency to do too much and have a setback. Um, And then you know the spiritual side she's not really all that spiritual. So it's pretty sneaky, but it's in there accepting what's happening, working with what you've got right now and having some faith that you're in good hands.
1: Yeah. Acceptance is a big part. I think, um, the idea of the holistic approach and that there is something spiritual, even if you can't see it and that, that you said going into and this is for all surgeries, but for what you're talking about, you need to have that if you can get your body in a condition where you're it doesn't mean like totally 100 fit but just stronger than what it is you're going to recover quicker you're going to recover better and you're probably going to sleep better i'm curious if you have any insights about caffeine or coffee towards this because the reason i'm asking is as far as sleep there's studies coming out now where like if you delay caffeine intake from the time you wake up in the morning for about 60 or 90 minutes you're gonna have a much better sleep that following night. So I'm wondering if that plays into it at all.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, those are our culprits. Our big ones are sugar, caffeine, and alcohol. And for a lot of women, they are they gotta go because they're gonna interfere with your sleep and cause things like heart palpitations. Or, you know, unfortunately, we kind of go on that side of heading towards adult onset diabetes with the blood sugar quite easily because we're already having trouble regulating, right? Um, myself, personally, I seem to be okay if I have my coffee in the morning and then I'm like, that's it, right? I'm not drinking coffee all day and I certainly don't have coffee in the afternoon and I have an adaptogen that I'm working with that's really good for sleep. And it's a heart tonic and a digestive tonic. It's part of Ayurvedic, which is part of where yoga therapy comes in. And it's worked really well for me. But I'm lucky I can take that. I'm not any, I'm on not on any heart medications. So if you're in the medical side of things, you have to be careful when you're starting to add in any alternatives and make sure that you're, you know, being watched.
1: Right and it's important to make the distinction right you're not saying don't talk to the doctor you're probably working in tandem with their doctor
0: probably mostly what i say is go talk to your doctor
1: right yeah no it's good because it's <laughs> it's important right cuz they they're both important right you got the western and the eastern medicines and they they can marry together and help a lot so I just always want to make that kind of distinction when we're talking about this. We're not saying don't go to the doctor or anything. Um, Oh,
0: I would never say don't go to the doctor. And in fact, I I think um, I have a lot of women that join the group that they're very frustrated because they've been asking for help with these symptoms. They've identified that they're in perimenopause. Their doctor tells them they're too young for menopause because perimenopause happens before. So they are too young for menopause, but they're starting that journey. And uh, the doctor's not at fault. They have a lack of training and understanding. They haven't been really exposed to this information, so they don't know. And they they say, you know, basically, screw it. I'm done. I don't want to have anything to do with my doctor's an idiot. And then I say, you know, your doctor's a person. They became a doctor probably because they want to help people, right? You can give them the benefit of the doubt. And what you do is you keep going back and you build the case more like you would if if you were a lawyer, right? So you go in and you say, I'm having trouble sleeping. They recommend that you take an antidepressant. It's up to you whether you try it or you don't, but if you don't try it, your doctor puts you down as non-compliant. It doesn't mean that you have to. I'm not saying that you have to, I'm just saying that here's a treatment option that your doctor's offering you. Maybe you do some research on it. You decide you don't want to try it go back again and tell your doctor, I don't want to try it because I found this and this that and that and is bothering me. What I'd really like is something that's more along the lines of helping me with sleep because that's an issue. Then they can go and look for specific antidepressants that will help with sleep. And there are some of the old school style antidepressants that specifically do help with sleep. Maybe you're willing to try that. It's more like a marriage, right? It's a dialogue, it's a conversation, it's a compromise. You have to treat your doctor with respect and dignity because they're in charge of your medical care. And if you're lucky enough to have a family doctor, you don't want to turf them, you want to talk to them. So one of the things that I designed is this extensive perimenopause symptom list. And, and it, you know if you looked at it, you'd probably be like, wow, there's a lot of stuff on here that really would fall under mental health.
1: Yeah, it but- sounds like...
0: Yeah, but when they see it in black and white, that you're always waking up in the middle of the night, right, or that you're always worried or you're having often panic attacks, it gives them an indication of how serious your condition is. And they're going to take it a little bit more seriously and, and and look a little deeper than just, we did the basic blood work and everything looks fine.
1: Right. Which again, always makes like you so crazy. Yeah. There's a spectrum, yeah. right? It's not and and then another thing, like what when, when you're ta- we're talking how I facilitate mental health groups, and what I'm hearing is like you're telling people to advocate for themselves. and we always tell people advocate for yourself. And if you don't like what the doctor's saying, go find another doctor. You're entitled to have a second opinion,
0: definitely a second opinion. And then also, you know, if you're talking about specifically perimenopause and menopause care, you can find doctors that will, do extra billing, they'll charge you for their time, but they'll spend a half an hour and they'll explain the tests that they did on you and what they mean and offer you alternative treatments that you maybe won't get from your family doctor or even a gynecologist. If you see someone that's more of this old school thinking that menopause happens at 52, because that's the average age,
1: you know? Yeah, I was wondering earlier when you're talking about age and obviously periods before and so um in your experience, what are the ages? And like it's probably a wide gap. So what kind of numbers are we talking about?
0: Well, unfortunately, you know, you've probably heard this. A woman's fertility starts to decline probably in the mid 30s. Well, that's your hormones. So that's when perimenopause is starting. Okay. okay. <laughs> We've missed that boat somehow, or we haven't connected the dots there, but that's what's happening. So, you know, you may not have like troublesome symptoms. I didn't have really troubling symptoms until I was probably my mid forties. And I noticed I'm just not handling stress anymore. Like I I'm a caregiver for my dad, who's quite elderly and uh, a Toronto jazz musician, by the way, Bob Erlinson. So, uh, he lived there for a number of years, making lots of great jazz and, uh, So he was living in the house with us. And instead of being able to just kind of roll with the punches, I found myself really stressed out. Like he was just driving me nuts. And I love my dad. We're like best friends. So I was lucky enough to be on a health journey already at that point. And when I was talking to my naturopathic doctor about it, she said, you have to join the gym. You have to join the gym and you have to start working out. You need to do that for your bone health anyway, because you're in your mid forties. We want you doing that. So I joined a gym and I started working out and that was enough to maintain, to like, to get the stress down and to get the sleep going better and the weight coming into line and everything worked really no problem that was working, you know, eating a reasonable diet and exercising was enough for me. And then I got closer to 50 and all of a sudden it was just like anxiety all the time for no reason, crazy anxiety. And none of my natural remedies were working. And that's when I went to the doctor and said, okay, it's time. We're going to try an antidepressant and started that uh, journey and eventually found one that works really well for me. It's very mild, works well enough to help with the sleep. It's all I need. And I'm quite happy with it. And contrary to the paranoia, we have this idea that once you're on an antidepressant, that's it, you're stuck forever. But the good news for us in, in perimenopause is if that's why we're using it, usually what happens is we get on the other side where we finished our menopause journey. Our periods have stopped. We've had a whole year with no period. And then our body adjusts to less estrogen and we don't need it anymore.
1: That's a lot. So the idea of going to the gym, is that to change your hormones?
0: Well, I mean, if you think of it like you've got too much cortisol in your system and then you go to the gym and you have, think of it like nervous energy. You just burn off some of that nervous energy. You go into a class and you do a Zumba class, and now your your good hormones are up and your stress hormones are down. So it just helps to even you out. And I mean, I still work out. There, it's no no need to toss that out the window, right? It's still good, healthy lifestyle. It just wasn't enough on its own.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I think per- that
0: that becomes an issue where you know women want to just do it all naturally, and they don't want to accept any help, like medical help and sometimes we don't have a choice we need to
1: 100 percent, and i think there's a part now where pills people aren't wanting pills and big pharma blah 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 yeah. but something you just said that might have got lost back there was that you don't have to take the antidepressant forever it's just until you get over that and i don't think antidepressants they're not totally taking forever
0: no i don't think that uh I mean, we don't understand exactly all of these elements that are at play, right? But if everything else is in line, like if you've gone through and you've looked at your diet and you've looked at your exercise and you have a pretty healthy lifestyle and you've got stress busters in your day-to-day, you're doing something to identify and relieve your stress and you're still having trouble sleeping and having anxiety, why not take advantage? You know, how many people in the world would love to be in Canada and just wander into their doctor's office and walk out with a prescription.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, Um, try everything, right? And I
0: always say it's worth a shot.
1: It's always (laughs) worth a shot. What's your approach or what do you think about like hormone replacement therapy? Does that play in here at all or no?
0: We have a really hard time getting hormone replacement therapy in Canada. There was one study done once and the headline was hormones cause breast cancer which was very deceptive, not super accurate, and has been disproven multiple times, and it's still a paranoia that, that lives on and on. Um, there are certain cases where it's not appropriate. I have one client who is a cancer survivor. She had breast cancer that was definitely sensitive to estrogen and progesterone, so for her, hormone replacement could be dangerous, so she's not going to do that. But for average lady who's having some discomfort, it might be a good option. And it's something that I wish more women had the opportunity to try, but it's hard to get. And it, and you really need to have a doctor that's willing to work with you and uh, listen to you. And that requires maybe a little bit of... Uh, what would you call that? Nurturing the relationship, right? You've got to go in and and maybe ask a few times. And then I get away with a lot of stuff by just saying, let me try it for three months. I'll do the test again in three months and I'll come back and see you. I'll book the appointment before I even leave. I just want to try it. And, you know, usually doctors will be like, okay. Yeah. You know,
1: I think, being the architect of your own life and just measuring yourself, right? What are you doing day to day? If nothing's working, change it up, see what's up and start taking measurements. And then, because um, sometimes I find we just give up power away to the doctor, right? And the doctor is a person, they did go to school, but sometimes they went to school 20 or 30 years ago and the science has totally changed. So I'm always an advocate for, go talk to the doctor, but also be the architect of your own life and measure it. hmm
0: uh-huh. And I think that's where the symptoms list comes in. Like, I get people to fill it out when they start with me. So there's a baseline of how bad it is. And then we add in a little bit of the lifestyle stuff. And maybe I might recommend a supplement they could try or something like that. Or they go to the doctor and they specifically get a a particular prescription. And then in three months, they do the checklist again. You know, and then they can see. Then they can see, did it help? Did it make a difference? You know, specifically, if you add like an, an adaptogen they have to build up in your system. They're not, you're not going to notice it right away, but if you've been on a, like a supplement for six weeks and you're not noticing a difference, it's not helping you. You need to switch.
1: Yep. If you don't change the way, nothing's going to change. Right. And yeah. so you're just going to keep getting the same results. I wonder about, um, I see on Instagram offering like such helpful advice. It seems that, and I'm surprised now that you're saying that there's not too many people in there, but, um, how is that response for you or what is that like, like I see you making the videos, so it's obviously it's helping or you wouldn't continue to do it,
0: yeah. i'm I'm really, you know, when I started doing the videos, it was at the advice of uh, a business coach and um to simplify things and just talk about one symptom area, one trouble area, how it presented for me, and maybe some things they could do to try to help themselves with that area. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been really a great practice for me on uh, being concise and, and nailing things down and offering something really short that people can relate to, you know, if they're looking up a particular symptom, which is what women tend to do, you know, they, they look up whatever, like itchy ears. That's a weird one, but it it's, can be part of perimenopause and menopause. And uh, it's good to see, I'm hoping that those little videos will give women something that's like, oh, I'm not alone and immediately know that it's they're not alone and that it's something to do with perimenopause potentially, but that they have to check with their doctor to know for sure. It's not yeah. something else, right? You have to rule out the other things. If you've got some of the symptoms, like say you have chronic dizziness, which could be a part of perimenopause, but it could also be a brain tumor. You don't want to assume that it's perimenopause and not go check it out, right?
1: Yeah, it could be cross like, same symptoms for different things. So, yeah. 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 I, I think it's really powerful that, like, you don't have to do any of this, but you're doing it. So, obviously, you're passionate about it. You want to help other people. And so, maybe... I would ask everybody kind of, this is the phase four podcast and phase four of the six phase meditation is about creating your future three years out. So where's Jessica three years from today?
0: Um, well, I'm helping as many people as possible and, and not just the ladies, right? Like I also help the husbands or the spouses or the children. I'll have them reach out to me and say, you know, I think this might be going on. And um, I can help them by supporting them and giving them information. Because you've got to think of it in terms of this, if your mama bear has been in charge of the kids in the house and the caregiving for elders, working jobs, she has multiple roles, she's your star player. Now she's injured. It's not an injury you can see, it's not a broken leg. It's one of those sneaky ones where she's got something, well, You know, think about it in football journey, right? She's got a football injury, you maybe don't even see it. But she's still suffering and now she can't do as much and she needs a little bit more compassion and help and some things taken off of her plate. And uh, those kind of gestures can make a really huge difference for someone who's going through that suffering. But if she can't articulate what's going on, if she just wakes up with this feeling like she's in someone else's body, because that's one of the weird symptoms where you wake up and you go, this is not my body, right? I've never been like this. Who the hell is this person? it's very disorienting. And if the husband responds by going, you seem a little out of sorts, you know what, I'm going to take care of dinner tonight. Hallelujah. She is relieved, right? Because maybe I'm, maybe I am still important. My husband obviously thinks that I'm important. So I'm, I'm maybe I can get through today and, and then start building a better tomorrow. But it is that thing where that self-advocacy How are you going to do that if no one ever showed you how to do that? And I think that's what I do most as a coach where I'm just telling people, okay, like what's the most pressing concern? That's always my first question. If you're having chronic pain, for example, and I'm going to say the word vagina, if you're having chronic vaginal pain, which can happen if you're talking low, low estrogen and no one has treated you to the point where one of my clients couldn't wear pants, and I'm not kidding, she was like hysterical. She needs treatment and she needs treatment now. And she, that's the priority, right? So maybe she is feeling a little bit depressed and anxious, (laughs) but we can't really start there. We need to start with, okay, how can we get this chick some, some estrogen. She needs vaginal estrogen. How can we get her that? And then I go through the list with them. Have you called the public health line? Have you asked to speak with a, with a nurse? Have you found if there's a nurse practitioner in your area? Have you looked up to see if you can talk to a walk-in doctor? Because those guys and girls are usually younger and a little bit more like they want to write you a prescription to get you out the door. Oh, okay. Vaginal estrogen. She wants to try it for three months. Here's three months worth. Go try it okay, you got your prescription. Try it. If it doesn't work, then you know there's something else terribly wrong. But I mean, usually. And that kind of pain, oh, well, I mean, doesn't maybe sound so bad, but it's debilitating. Debilitating pain and wholly treatable. But you can't get the treatment unless you know what to ask for. Because like right now, I've got a client who's trying to get some estrogen, some vaginal estrogen, and she's going through another round of antibiotics for something called BV, which is uh, she may or may not have it. I'm not a doctor. Maybe she does have it, but it would I suspect she's been misdiagnosed by her family doctor, and yeah, they don't I've, want to give her vaginal estrogen.
1: Yeah, the, and in with especially with things that you can't see, right? So. This is one things like fibromyalgia, yeah. um, chronic pain, chronic region pain syndrome. These things they're very easy to get misdiagnosed because you can't see it. So, be the advocate is huge. Mm-hmm. What about? Can we delay it? Is it like I'm definitely out of my league here? So please bear with me. But can we delay it?
0: Well, no. the The woman is born with a certain number of eggs. And as those eggs get used up, so to speak, you're you're running out of time and the body is going to change. The organ function is going to change. So you, you can't delay it. But I would say you could significantly decrease the impact of these negative symptoms by having some education, knowing what to expect, working with someone like me who can coach you through it because I follow you every three weeks. So if you started a supplement and something weird happens and I follow up with you, I can help you get through that and switch to something else much faster than, say, a naturopath who would follow you every three months, which is really too long. If you're talking about messing around with supplements and trying to organize things for your hormones. So you can't, There's nothing you can do about aging. You do have to accept it. But you need, I think we all need to focus a little bit more on aging well, living well, and setting ourselves up because sometimes I'll have women be like, well, I just want to take the hormones. I want to take the HRT. I don't want to worry about any of this other stuff. Why can't I just have the drugs? And if you can get a doctor to prescribe them, sure, you can just have the drugs. But if you didn't change your diet and you didn't change your exercise and you haven't dealt with your stress, do you think you're going to live a healthy another 30, 40 years? Or are you going to be sick and on medication that whole time? like yeah. i i tell people this investment that you're making in your diet exercise lifestyle stress reducing practice is your long term benefit you are playing a long game
1: yeah no doubt and so that's where mindset comes in too you have to believe that you can do that and that i find a lot of people just think they're stuck like that that was how my mother was and i'm stuck like this and all these kind of things where like if you have that mindset. If you're doing the fitness, making yourself stronger. Yeah. Acceptance is the key, but aging well is, is the right way.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's something that's going to pay you dividends, right? It's an investment. Are you going to invest in yourself? But this is the other thing that working with a coach like me really helps is that if you're trying to do it on your own and you learn all these different things that you're supposed to be doing and you try and do them all at once, you're going to fail. But working with me, would be like, okay, we're going to work with your most troubling symptom. We'll get the vaginal pain dealt with if that's what it is, right? And then we'll start adding in some other things that are really, really sneaky and easy to add in. And then you get used to that. And then we add in some things that might be a little bit more difficult, but you've already had some success, right? So when I started, I didn't start with everything. First, I just worked on my diet for probably about two years of just... Trying to bring in more whole foods, doing a lot more cooking, experimenting with different recipes and creating that wellness foundation with what I was eating, a nutritional foundation. Then when that was really well established and I felt like I had a good take on it, that's when I went and joined the gym. And even with the gym, I got an expert, I got a trainer and I just did what she said she said, weight training. I said, I'm already big. I don't want to get bigger. She was like, you're going to do weight training for your bones. We're not thinking about, you know, looks here. We're thinking about cardiovascular health because your heart has to last your whole life and bone health because you're aging. I said, okay. And just did what she said. And I've been working out now, you know, for whatever it is, almost eight years, weight training. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The diet's important because that can, affect it right and so the pain might be there but you can minimize the pain by depending on whole foods like you say,
0: mm-hmm. and cooking cooking a lot at home and, and taking more control over you know what you're ingesting and even how you know because I used to eat a lot like on the run and uh, squeezing it in real quick that's no that's not really good for your digestion right
1: <laughs> yeah what do they say you should eat chew each piece of food like 23 times or something like that
0: yeah, like enjoy the food that you are eating. Take the time, sit down, you know, have a look at it before you snarf it back. And and uh, I think that's part of just enjoying your whole life.
1: Yeah. So as we begin to wind down, if this resonates with you, we'll leave the show. We'll leave Jessica's information in the show notes and reach out to her. And if this resonates, leave a like, subscribe, share, follow, all that good stuff. But obviously, no hard sell. And maybe we can move towards what you're working on right now or maybe in the next little while that can be of service to people offers anything like that
0: yeah i uh so i've been running this group with with like women across canada and the same questions come up all the time so when i was thinking about it it's like you know not everybody can afford to pay for one-on-one coaching with me because it's not cheap and it is quite the commitment right like you have to be willing to do it and uh, it's going to be more than once a month. And you're meeting with me and I'm looking at everything that you're doing, right? Maybe you feel a little it's conspicuous. So what I did is I, I designed this symposium. It's coming up in November. It's all on Zoom. So you can, uh, you can join from anywhere across Canada. It's only $25, but it's five days. So we have four experts presenting and then the Friday is a question and answer day. So if you maybe you couldn't attend live, but you watch the videos, you can send questions and I will answer them. And if I can't answer them, I will send them to the expert. So the first day we have our nurse practitioner so she can answer questions like, you know, why does my doctor want me to take antidepressants and she can explain why. And uh, how do I get hormone replacement therapy? And she can talk a little bit about that as well and explain what it does and how it could be valuable or what kind of areas it's it's not appropriate for everybody, right? It's not a carte blanche. Everybody should have it. And then we have a nutritionist who's going to talk about hormones and eating because you can eat to support your hormones. It is possible to help balance your hormones through what you're eating, but it's, it's a little bit, uh, it's a kind of a newer topic, right? It's not really part of any basic nutrition plan, balancing your hormones, but she's had a lot of luck working with the girls who have PCOS or they have like pelvic pain, they have cysts or fibroids, stuff that can go wrong that's hormone related. So she's going to talk to us all about eating for hormonal health, which is really important because, you know, you got to start somewhere. And then we have an acupuncturist talking about traditional Chinese medicine, because some ladies are just like, forget it. I don't want any of that. I want to go to an expert. I want them to help me fix me up. And she can work with herbs and she can work with treatment and she can explain exactly why that helps because it does. I've got my own acupuncturist coming. And then there's me talking about the holistic approach, how you can incorporate all of these different things in a holistic way to get yourself back to living well.
1: Brilliant. And when's that November,
0: November 20th to 24th, every day at 4 PM mountain standard time. So that's six o'clock for you guys in Toronto. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So before I ask my last question, is there anything else you want to touch on that we didn't really cover or anything you want people to know?
0: I think, you know, my main message is you're not alone in whatever struggle you're having. And this goes for the guys as well whatever struggle you're having, there is someone else having that exact same struggle. So don't go through it feeling like you're alone, reach out and try and find someone else who's going through it, because you'll probably find someone like me, who's willing to talk about it. And then all of a sudden, this this whole burden of going through this alone is gone, you don't have to go through it alone. And none of us are alone, we just have to reach out. So I don't think that I occasionally have people like, so I'm sorry that I'm bothering you, you know, like you're just in the bathtub crying because you feel like you're going crazy. You're not bothering me. I I actually really love helping women going through this because it's very purposeful work and it fits with my values, which is to be a good guiding light on the planet. I want to give back. And uh, so you're not alone.
1: It's a great message, right? It's because it's so easy to just sit there in your own head and in your own space and think that you're alone and something's wrong. And But no, other people are doing it. And I think pandemic kind of opened that up where we have these Zoom communications and people can connect more and it's like, oh, okay, other people are experiencing the same thing.
0: Yeah, and it's powerful, right? We're, we are a social creature humans do not live alone because we can't. We can't survive alone, we need each other.
1: Yeah. So I guess my final question is, how can people reach you?
0: Uh, Well, you can find me on Facebook. I'm under Jessica Myrna Ray. And uh, on Instagram, I'm perimenopause support. And uh, the, the support group on Facebook is CPMS, Canadian Perimenopause Support. So I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look up Erlinson, you'll see all kinds of stuff about me because I've been a career musician and make a lot of art and music.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. I'm a singer songwriter too, but you know, I mean, this is just a, uh, the whole, you can't sing if you're not healthy, you know, like.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Jessica, I'm really grateful for your time today and we'll put all those links in the show notes and. If you feel this, reach out, right? So like she's saying, you're not alone. There's help out there and she's wanting to help. So please reach out. Jessica, thank you so much for today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it.